Wanaki friends. Welcome back to another episode of Big Red Farmhouse, a podcast brought to you by Wanaki, a summer camp and retreat center in the Lakes region of New Hampshire. We're your hosts, Shannon Drew, Nicole Richards, and Amelia Luke. On today's episode, we will talk with our first you and me pair, Mary Monroe and her daughter, Olivia Murphy. Mary was a camper at Wanaki back in the 80s and eventually took her daughter, Olivia, to you and me in the early 2000s. Olivia then served many years on staff, and Mary is a longtime volunteer nurse. This mother-daughter duo is sure to have you laughing with the stories they tell. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, Mary and Olivia. We would love for you to introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us how you got involved with Wanaki. Mary, I think we'd love to hear from you first. Okay. Um, my family had moved from California to New Hampshire back in uh, 1979. And we ended up in Nashua at the Main Street um, United Methodist Church. Um, And so Sue Rudolph, Mom Sue, was the youth choir director there. And Edie Darling was our religious education um, director. And Bill Hebel was um, the senior high Sunday school teacher. So all of them at that time were, you know, very involved in Wanakee. So um, it just kind of happened that, you know, most of the youth from Main Street ended up going to Wanakee every year. Um, So I started going as a high schooler back in the early 1980s. Back then, mostly the camps available for senior high was work camp. Uh, So we came up, we paid to come up for a week and work for the week. Um, But one of the benefits of it being work camp was stay in the rec hall. Uh, So we actually had indoor plumbing, indoor electricity, so that's one thing, I guess, um, over my years of going to Wanakee, I haven't really experienced sleeping up on the hill, having to use latrines. <laughs> I've ended up in the rec hall most of the time. Late 80s, early 90s, um, my family came up for work days. Um, and then I think it was early 90s. I don't know. The years kind of blend together. I did a you and me um, with a boy who was a friend of our families that my family was kind of raising and mama sue was the director of the you and me at that time um my family did some big and little weekends back in i believe 90s um and richards and rudolph's i know led the big and little weekends and we went up to phil's house and went apple picking and stuff like that we did that in the fall um and then over the course um you know came up volunteered at work days and stuff like that. Um, we used to always come up in the um, 80s and 90s for the barbecue weekend and the footnotes concert. Um, so Olivia, I mean, has been coming up to Wanaki since she was a baby in 98 because um, she came up for a barbecue and footnotes concert. So then when she was old enough for you and me, um, we did our first you and me. So what year would that have been? Around 2002, maybe? I think I got to do my first you and me with my own child. So I've done that with um, both Olivia and Sophie. Uh, I think I've done a Maple Sugar Weekend with Sophie. I think I've made it to like a Wanaki Wild Women Weekend along the way. And then 2007, I graduated from nursing school. So since 2008, I've been coming up every year for a week to volunteer as a nurse. And some weeks it's the same week one of my children was there and other weeks, you know, they ended up their different weeks. So I guess I've been involved since early 80s with Wanaki. Wow, that's amazing, Mary. Um, And I 
I, I think you you've name dropped a few <laughs> um, Wanaki legends, and maybe we'll we'll dive into that a little bit uh, a little bit more later with some of the some of the folks that brought first brought you to Wanaki. That's that's really great. Allow us to take a moment to fill in a few details here. We've referenced you and me camp a few times, which is a staple Wanaki program where some of our younger campers spend a few days at camp with a parent, grandparent, or other special adult in their life. Mary also references Footnotes, which was a program that ran at Wanaki for many years. Footnotes was a music camp where campers would gather to sing, dance, and play instruments, and it culminated in a concert and barbecue at the end of the week that was open to the Wanaki community. Footnotes was often led and supported by Sue Rudolph, also known as Mama Sue, who served camp as a volunteer event director for more than three decades, and as the program director in the 1990s, and on different committees for many years. Mary also mentions Wes and Edie Darling, who were early leaders in Wanakee's history. To hear more about the Darlings and their legacy, you can listen to Season 1, Episode 2 of this podcast, where we speak with their son, Ed. Olivia, you are uh, you are Mary's daughter. Would you tell us a little bit about your recollection of, of how you first came to camp and also um, why you have, uh, yeah, what has kept you in Mickey over the years? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, my mom said it. Um, but I did start coming to Wanaki as a baby when she brought me. Um, and I don't remember that, but there is one picture <laughs> of me swimming in the lake. Um, and then we did you and me. And when we did you and me, um, we did you and me in the rec hall. And then we did you and me on the hill. And then eventually I wanted to go to camp by myself. Um, and so I started to go to the camps without my mom. Um, and from there, I found camps that really piqued my interest. And so I kept going to those camps. Um, it started with um, pie, one about baking pies. And then I did rope structure verse. And then I got into survival. Um, and then that brought me to when I was a senior in high school. And then I applied to be on staff. Um, and then I was on staff for four years. So that's kind of how I stayed. <laughs> I found <laughs> I kind of just wanted to go to camp. And then I found camps that I really loved and wanted to go back to each year. And then I decided I wanted to keep coming to Wanakee. Um, and I applied for staff. Nice. And you had some different roles as a staff member. Is that is that right? <laughs> yeah. So um, my first two years on staff, I was the registrar in the office, um, doing things like registrations, answering emails, um, all of kind of the office things. And then I was the waterfront director. So I was the lifeguard down at the waterfront. And then my last year on staff, I was the operations director. And so I was um, planning the 5K and doing some things with um, ACA um, and all the guidelines and rules for that. And the biggest difference between your past last two summers on staff was um, when you were waterfront director, how tan you were. And then when you were operations <laughs> director, how pale you were. <laughs> I do. I, 
It was, you can see in the pictures, because I have pictures from each year on staff, and my first two years, I was in the office, and so I was very pale, um, didn't have that summer glow, and then (laughs) as a lifeguard, I had a beautiful summer glow um, that I don't think can ever be matched. I don't think I'll ever get that back, Um, and then it was right back to pale um, office. (laughs) It's really incredible, actually. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you both for sharing that. Um, And so obviously you are, um, your family is involved in Wanakee. And if you could just share with us um, what Wanakee means in your family life and and how that affects you as as a little family unit. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, So yeah, Wanakee just, I mean, especially since my kids have been born, is just kind of part of something to look forward to every year you know, to going up to help at work days, to going up to help, you know, with different things to, you know, the barbecue and the footnote concert, um, going to camp for a week, it just kind of became part of our family, we kind of planned what we were doing around, you know, when things were happening at Wanakee. I would also say, um, because it was my mom, and then her brother um, also went. And so, um my cousins also go, and so Emma Monroe, she was actually a member on staff, and we would go to camp together, um, and so I think that was pretty cool because it was something that we did, not just, like, my direct family, but um, uh, with my cousins and all of us together. I, I think that's something really special, Olivia, and I, I have a similar similar story as well with my family and and I think when when I think about what it means in my broader family it it extends to uncles and cousins and grandparents and and I think the the multi-generational aspect is something that is really I I think is a is a unique aspect of of Wanakee's identity um is that we also have that opportunity between Mary as you as you've mentioned the the workday is an opportunity to serve and volunteering in different capacities, as well as the you and me programs and everything like that. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity for folks that don't have kids of their own as well to extend their family, you know, extend what family means when, when they're at Wanakee. And I think that's really, that's something that means a lot to me too. Well, we heard from Olivia about some of her different roles on staff, but Mary, you are, our first Wanaki nurse that we've talked to for the podcast. And we were wondering if you could talk a little bit about being the camp nurse or about some of the other roles that you've taken up around Wanaki. So, yeah, um, I guess one of the things I had left out too, over the years at Wanaki, my mom and I actually directed a you and me camp along the way there too, in the nineties, I had forgotten about that. Um, but yeah, so in the early 80s, 90s, I mean, I knew I had wanted to go to nursing school, and it just, it didn't happen right after high school, so it took a while, but that was one thing, is that I was like, oh, once I go to nursing school, I can come back and be a nurse at Wanakee, so I mean, that was something I was looking forward to doing um, before I even got out of nursing school, was being able to come back and volunteer as a week, uh, you know, volunteer for a week as a nurse, Um, and I've always, since I graduated from nursing school, worked in a hospital on an acute care med surge floor. So coming to Wanakee is like a completely different experience, but it's something I look forward to every year. You know, I don't, you know, work with kids on my normal day to day. 
Um, but I enjoy coming, working with the kids. Um, I think it's kind of exciting to see the kids that come in, you know, that first day that are shy and don't want to leave their parents are maybe um, the child that has a lot of behavior issues. And then over the course of the week, um, just with their campsite, you know, all working together with them and all, you know, by the end of the week, they don't want to go home or, you know, mm -hmm. the child with the behavior issues, maybe we've got those issues turned around and, you know, they're integrated into camp life. Um, I mean, there've been a few illnesses and injuries along the way, but luckily I, <laughs> I've only had to send a few campers out to the hospital. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're also known for having a good bit of fun as the camp nurse, Mary. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I remember when uh, Olivia and Sophie were young and they, they were both there as, as staff kids, uh, having a lot of laughs in the, the in the farmhouse living room in the evening time. <laughs> Endless laughs, some might yes, say. Uh, llama Llama, the Llama Llama books. <laughs> yes, those were, those were excellent. <laughs> yes. um, Olivia, I think, I don't think Olivia got to come as a staff kid. Sophie has. Yeah, I think the one week, there was one year that I had done a camp and then I think I was supposed to be a staff with my mom for the week. And... <laughs> There was one camp going that week, and as soon as it started and I saw campers arriving, I was like, uh, I actually want to be at camp. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. <laughs> past Tom. Yeah, and so we, I did extreme adventure for the week. <laughs> um, you know, the staff that's there for the summer, you get to interact, you know, with the children that are there. And, I mean, over the course of the years, because, I mean, my first year um, – as a nurse and I had to send child out to the emergency room because he had a broken um, bone in, a, in his hand. I mean, to watch him over the years grow and, you know, graduate high school. So, you know, a lot of the kids from when I started have graduated high school now. Um, mm. And a lot of, you know, a lot of you that have been on staff, you know, I saw you when you were, you know, smaller in campers <laughs> prior to being on staff. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think mm -hmm. about like being able to because you are there faithfully every summer. I know my four summers on staff, you were or three, I guess. So you do get to like watch kids come back and, and grow up, which is really, really interesting, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Could you like share like why being a, a nurse at Wanakee is meaningful? Because I know it's it's, you know, with your busy schedules and it might be hard to come volunteer at camp. So like what has kept you wanting to be a nurse specifically at, at Wanakee and, and, and why is that? So I, you touched on, you know, watching kids grow up, but why do you find that is rewarding? And maybe what would you tell potential nurses why they should volunteer at Wanakee? Um, I, it's just, it's a totally different way to spend a week. Um, you know, I mean, to take your week vacation and come, um, I get to, you know, I can go out, I can go down to the lake, I can enjoy, you know, God's beauty that we have there in the outdoors um, and still like bring some of my knowledge, you know, as the nurse to camp to use for that week. Um, I just enjoy seeing like, yeah, the kids that grow are growing up, um, how the campers interact with each other in their site. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's, <laughs> it's just something like I want to come back and do every year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the week has, I mean, there's a lot of meaning just, it's meaningful, you know, just coming and experiencing God's beauty that's there and the fellowship that's there and 
um, you know, the singing in the dining hall, just everything that the week encompasses. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to put into words. <laughs> well, thank you for trying. <laughs> Mary, you your your connection goes back, um, as you said, to the '80s. I'm curious how what you ha- might um, observe as changes in our song and singing culture in the dining hall. Um, are there some songs that you can think of from your time as a camper that were huge at that time and have they seem to be dormant now? Are there is there anything that comes so, to mind um, for you, Mary? Green Grove um, was much more lively, I should say, years ago. I don't know if we sang it louder and banged longer and harder. <laughs> or I, I, it, Now it seems to have been toned down some, and I actually miss <laughs> years ago. You're not alone, Mary. There's a, there's a lot of threads on our uh, Wanaki <laughs> alumni page about uh, I mean, Green Grill. I mean, you, it was just, it, I don't know, it was louder and faster and it was something that you had to sing and do and participate in. Um, I will say one song um, over the years, years ago, and I don't know if it was late 80s, early 90s, we had a cook that had a guitar and would play guitar. And he did um, Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just, I loved that song with him leading it. And over the last few years, I have been there when people have tried to do Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> They just don't do it justice. Completely <laughs> <laughs> missing. Missing. Um, you know, and then, um, let's see, Amazing Grace Come Fill My Cup. I had never heard before it being done at Wanaki. And I would say that's probably one of my favorite songs. Um, mm. Another one on my list would be um, Pastor Tom's Finger of Love. <laughs> oh my god absolutely you know, um, um but yeah so i mean i green grow is probably the one i think that i miss not being sung the way it was sung years ago <laughs> that's interesting yeah I- <laughs> I believe I was a I was in my camper years when the rule about what verse you could start clapping came in, and that has changed over the years as well. So I, I had a bit of a taste when I was a younger camper, Mary, trying to learn all the words, um, and then yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> Olivia, you did a couple of years um, on support staff, and so you got to lead some of those fun Sunday night songs, like some of the first songs that you sang in the dining hall, or do you have some favorites for that time? Um, yeah, I mean, I really liked as a kid, I always liked wishy washy woman. So, mm. um, I led that a few times because that was a song that I liked as a kid. Um, I've done boom, chicka boom with, um, I think I've done it with Amelia. I've done it with, <laughs> Um, I think Emma's done it with me, a few different people. And that was one, again, that I liked as a kid. So I wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think those were two of the main ones that I've led. Oh, for the yeah, most part, we, that were. I think we did some funky chicken in our support oh, staff days, yes, too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That one, I, I guess I don't remember as much. Um, that one, I normally, I'm not. I don't go for that one. Um, <laughs> someone has to ask me to do it with them. <laughs> it was probably um, me being like, come on, Olivia, let's do this one. And you're like, fine. <laughs> probably. Easily convinced. Um, but so those were two that I really liked. 
And then, um, oh, and I also, I really, really like Ah La La La. That's mm. one that I also, I, I do try and get us to sing if I have to pick a song. <laughs> I would, I think that Ah La 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 is like, if I think of Olivia Murphy leading a song, it would be that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. You had to give me a minute to think about it. But yeah, that <laughs> one is probably one that I do like to lead the most. Yeah. So Olivia, also, you are now a first grade teacher, right? I am. So obviously your work at camp, you're still working with kids all these years later. So how has um, your experience at Wanakee affected your career as a teacher or your future aspirations? Yeah, Um, it's actually really interesting because um, one of the things that we have started doing this year at my school is um, a dive into outdoor education. Um, Because of COVID regulations, one of the things that one of the teacher, one of the other teachers at the school wanted to do um, was get our kids outdoors more. And we actually have a forest area near our school that we can go into. And so she really started it and gave us the idea. Um, but in my classroom and other classrooms, um, other first grade classrooms and some second grade classrooms, we try to either do Woods Wednesday or Forest Friday. Um, and so that's something that every single time I go to plan those activities for my kids, I think, what would I have done at Wanaki? What can I do here? And most of the time, it really is just getting kids outside and letting them explore, letting them build, and letting them be kids and kind of um, release that creativity and look at nature and see what um, is changing around us. Because we did, we went in in fall and we went in in winter. Um, but that's one thing that I think really I took from Wanaki is the appreciation of nature. Um, and I'm able to bring that into my classroom and um, have my kids learn about it too. That's awesome. Well, I guess this, speaking of nature and your appreciation for it, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to spend several summers on staff with you and also several summers as a camper with you. And I just know your love and affection for the squirrels at Wanaki runs so deep. And I was just wondering if you could maybe share a story about how much these squirrels mean to you <laughs> and, um, and, and how, yeah, how that's carried with I you. I think <laughs> as much as I love nature, um, I really do think I just have a natural fear of small things that can crawl and fly and move however else they move. Um, so squirrels, chipmunks. Um, mice, you know, (laughs) anything like that. Um, and as a camper growing up and going to camp, it's not something that you were aware of unless you were in the rec hall. And as a kid, I mean, I never really noticed it until I got onto staff. And, um, when I got onto staff, you're there all summer. Um, and the squirrels are there all summer as well. There was one time during staff training that we um, had a sleepover in the rec hall, and the rec hall had was home to some flying squirrels, and it terrified me um, just because the thought of a squirrel flying over my head or coming near me, it just terrifies me. Um, so all night, 
all I just I could not go to sleep easy and I was just I was like oh my gosh okay we're just gonna sleep and then I'll be able to go back to my bed tomorrow night um and in the middle of the night a fire alarm went off (laughs) and so everyone was like what's going on and I don't think I could have gotten out of the building quicker (laughs) I was like all right I'm going back to my bed (laughs) I'm pretty Um, sure you said you had not even fallen asleep that you were just lying under your covers waiting there um when Olivia was younger and we had (laughs) so it was interesting at you and me's because we would be sitting down by the fire you know someone would be reading a story to the kids and we could see the flying squirrels like crawling up the wall and parents would be looking at each other going, okay, wait a minute, that's my room. No, that's my room. And then you'd see them start flying. So like dads in the group would start like slowly going upstairs to try and, you know, get rid of the flying squirrel before we went upstairs with the kids. <laughs> and I got to say, I did many years of you and me and I don't think the children ever really realized there were flying squirrels in the in the mm-hmm. record. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I had no idea that rodents existed <laughs> at Wanaki until I was on staff, really. I think maybe when I was in survival camp, my last few years, I, I, I was obviously aware of it, but it wasn't until I really was on staff that I was like, oh, okay, so this is not our home. This is their <laughs> home. Um, and I'm just living in their world. <laughs> I'd like to add in here that the rec hall squirrel problem has been remediated and that that space is now fully a home for just humans. Well, maybe to go to go back a little bit, Mary, you talked about how you love the music traditions at camp. Do you have any other favorite Wanaki traditions from the years? Yes. So for Wanaki traditions, um, Friday night, Alaloos. Um, are something I always look forward to. And whenever we have a camps that go home on Friday instead of Saturday morning, not doing the Friday night all loose kind of throws me off, even though I know we do them the day early or whatever, but having that on Friday night is just a tradition. Um, some more is on Friday night. And there've been a couple of times when I've come up as a nurse because the staff have some mores all the time. So there's been one or two years that the staff really wasn't going to do s'mores on Friday night. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have to have s'mores. So having s'mores on Friday night and Alaloos are, are a tradition I look forward to. Um, I mean, singing in the dining hall um, is something I definitely look forward to. Uh, yeah, I, the Alaloos are probably the biggest tradition I like. Yeah. I think with s'mores as well, there's definitely been years where you bring like big marshmallows or you bring other things to put in s'mores to kind of entice us to join you as well. You're like, <laughs> I like banana boats, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, that Friday night at camp is the only time I have a s'more. So, I mean, I know the staff that's there have them every single week. But, yeah, I mean, that's not I have other than coming to Wanaki. That's a good point. Mary, we are, we're coming to the close of our conversation. And one of our last questions that we'd like to ask our guests is, what is one life lesson that you have learned from your time at Wanaki? If you, if you would be um, willing to share that with us. Trying to think here. So years ago, and I don't know if it was late 80s, early 90s, um, at the um, closing um, circle, you know, uh, the grace and peace, but you know, they had, you know, everyone had bowed their hairs, heads to do a prayer. 
and there was a female director of one of the camps and I'm awful with names. Don't remember who it was, but she, um, she said for everyone to like open their eyes and look around. Um, and she was like, you know, look around at God's beauty, look around at everyone else. Um, and so she, you know, that was the first time I had experienced someone saying, you know, to open your eyes when you're praying and look around, not, you know, bow your eyes. Um, and so that's something I still to this day um, do quite often, you know, if I'm somewhere in prayer, is I actually look around at the beauty around me, at the people around me. Um, so that is something that I did take from Wanaki years ago. Um, I think another thing is um, that everybody deserves to experience God's love. Because over the course of the years, I mean, I've been at camps there where you and me camps where half of our campers were um, from a Lutheran church, you know, so you don't have to be a Methodist to experience God's love. It's there for everybody. Um, we've had some day campers that were, you know, from a Jewish family. Um, and that's something I think I take into my work life um, as a nurse. Um, sometimes the patients we're caring for in the hospital, you know, they may have drug addiction, they may have alcohol addiction, various things going on, but they still deserve, you know, they're still a child of God, still deserve, you know, that God's love is there for them. Um, and if I can be compassionate to them as a nurse, um, you know, maybe I'm not directly preaching to them or anything, but um, I'm sharing God's love with them in how I take care of them. Oh, that's really wonderful, Mary. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing Thank that. You. I don't know if I can top that one. My mom just said it so well. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things from camp that we do often is um, just giving campers and staff as well um, time at the end of the day to think about the things they've done or during celebration, giving time to um, – just giving time to think about your experiences, giving time to think about where you are, giving time to think about what's surrounding you. Um, and it's just a place where you're able to process kind of everything that's going on and really think about how it affects you. And um, I think that really builds and allows everyone to grow. And so that's one of the things that in, I, I mean, in my classroom and in um, my life, I try to take that time to think about things a little bit more deeper like you would at Wanaki. Awesome. Wonderful. So we just want to say thank you, Mary and Olivia, to you both for joining us today and for sharing a bit of your Wanaki story with us and, and with our listeners. And um, we look forward to seeing you thank both you. again at camp sometime soon. Today. Yes, it was nice talking to everybody. That was such a lovely conversation with Olivia and Mary. I loved getting to hear their stories and I have such great memories with both of them. So reminiscing was so much fun. Definitely. And we want to thank you for joining us today. And we hope that you'll tune in next week to hear more from Wanaki Voices. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at Wanaki NH or visit our website, wanaki.org. Grace and peace. <laughs>